0: Welcome in, friends, to another edition of March to the Pod presented by Eternal Roofing. Got bad news right off the top. Going to share some bad news with you. I can't be goofy today. We got a lot of information. We got to get to it fast. The goofiness is going to have to be tamped down. I've got to keep us kind of on a schedule. All right. And with that, part of the news we have are updates on Bauer Stadium renovations. Baseball coach Jay Sirianni providing some roster updates during his weekly press conference. And all the rest, we've got just a whole smorgasbord of things ready for you today. I'm your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channel, at Corey Hogue Sports. that's all one word, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E And sports I'm joined as always by the creator and manager And knowledge man of, of Sam Houston Sports of SHSU You can find him on social media All one word Chief Operating Officer Cat Fund He is an alum He is everything that makes this podcast go His name is Ben Sorrell Ben Man we got a lot to get to this week We don't have a whole lot of time to play around
1: yeah, no time to play around and uh it's time to get after it. And uh
0: bad well, news you can't crack
1: any jokes, but we got some good news on some stadium stuff, and we'll get into that.
0: Oh yeah. Hey, look, bad news is me not cracking jokes means our listenership just went up. <laughs> so but before, look, we got a lot of stuff to get to. One of those things, if we you want to talk about serious, that's eternal roofing. That's a serious company that does great roofing work. Someone you want to give them a call. Hey. Look, it is February fifteenth, Valentine's Day. Yesterday, you're feeling the love. I get it, right? But your roof needs repaired before the summer comes. And while they're there, don't forget December's on the calendar now, right? You gotta have some Christmas lights, Ben.
1: Yeah, and speaking of Taylor and Eternal Roofing, uh, one of the dorms at Saint Houston in the most recent in the most recent Regents notes was talking about how they needed. Uh, a new roof, and also some other work done. And I saw Taylor co- uh, comments on a post that said, how can I get in on this? So maybe we'll see if we can get Taylor on the job there.
0: I mean, why can't he, right? Like, that should be – look, if you're in a university, I get it. But if if prices are competitive, right, go with the people who graduated from your
1: school. It only makes sense. Yeah. Bearcat-owned I... company, Bearcat
0: alum. The Bearcat dorm needs work. Let's do it. And who knows? He might have taken out like all these frickin' loan you you gotta help the man, right? Come on, Sam Houston. Give him those roofing contracts. Yeah, right. Help me help you. <laughs> That's right. So hey, Sam Houston, if you're listening to this and you're the university or the athletic director or the president, probably not Sam Houston himself. Give Taylor I Anderson his friend, Daddy, turtle roofing a call. Area code 830-251-5673. That'll get you to the Hill Country, the Montgomery area. Area code 936-215-8539. Taylor Anderson, Eternal Roofing, is your call for anyone in the Hill Country, Houston, across the state of Texas. You can even email Taylor at com. Taylor, spelled normal, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at EternalRoofingTX.com. And we're definitely going to give him some more shout-outs here as we get going, but man, the news has gotten crazy. Uh, Bennett, we started a few days ago, and we were like, okay, we'll do this, and we'll fill in. There's no filling in, man. Everything filled in for us, and especially yesterday when the uh, stadium renovations came out. Okay, walk us through. Let, let's start from kind of the beginning here. Walk us through what the next steps to getting this done are.
1: Yeah, so it's funny you say that. We did come into this week kind of like, what do we have to talk about? And we've got plenty to talk about. Um, so, yeah, big news with the stadium coming out yesterday on Wednesday, Bauer Stadium updates and kind of what that timeline looks like. So it looks like they're going to be uh, looking for contractors and whoever's going to be doing the job. Uh, deadline to apply for that for um, companies is March 11th. Um, so that's the final day that people have to put in, um, their plans and to bid on it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, that's only a couple of weeks away. So that's going to be coming up here pretty soon. So March 11th, and then probably a couple of weeks after that, we're looking at probably a selection and, um, uh, probably some more renderings coming out once we know who's officially doing the job. And um, according to the RFQ that came out yesterday, uh, construction, they would like to start on October 7th of this year. And that kind of lines up with playing through construction this year. Don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but um, construction starting in the middle of the season. Um, And then on the timeline, another thing it, it said in there is the final completion date is set for July of 2026. So a couple months before the 2026 season. So you're looking at about, year and a half, a little over a year and a half of construction to get this thing fully done. But, yeah, we'll, we'll find out more about who's doing it in probably the next month. And then, uh, yeah, construction in October. Then about two years later we'll have this thing done is what it looks like.
0: I'll tell you who I feel for. I feel for the sports information people that's got to go to the next two seasons they're basically displaced to, you know, to work those games. It, it's already tough. But the positive side is if you stick it out through those two Rough years, you get a whole brand new press box.
1: Yeah, and and speaking of that, there are some details kind of about what's going to be inside of the press box and what it's going to look like. And so there's going to be five different levels to it. Um, The first level, uh, the first two levels really are just kind of general seating. Um, And then the next three levels are where the fun comes in. You've got um, a club level, which I think includes 13,000 square feet of covered seating, which is going to be really cool. You've got, uh, you've got the suite level. So you've got 10 large suites. You've got two smaller suites. Then you've got your president suite and the visiting team, uh, athletic director suite. So what is that? 14, 15 suites in there, um, which is a big improvement. And then you've got the last level, which is strictly for press, uh, and, uh, coaches. So a really big upgrade from where things are right now and some really exciting updates about what it's going to look like when it's done.
0: Oh, it, it's going to be a lot better, but I think I'm more impressed with your math. The fact that you were able to add 10 plus 2 plus 1 plus 1 so seamlessly during the podcast, dude, that's like next level.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a great multitasker, what can I say?
0: <laughs> well, I am not. What can I say? <laughs> All right. So, no it's, yeah, no jokes today. A lot going on, a lot of stadium stuff. Um, I don't know if 2020, how 2026 will sit. With some, but I think if you get it done right, that's okay. Also, I want to know, what does RFQ mean? Re-
1: request for qualifications. Okay. Um, so that's what RFQ says. So a much
0: listener just... might ask those questions.
1: Right, yeah. So pretty much you have to send in what your drawings look like, what your plans are, what your budget is, all that kind of stuff. And that's got to be submitted by March 11th.
0: Okay, I have a really important question here. Do they need a roofing company? I know what.
1: They... <laughs> I'm sure there's some sort of general contracting needs when it comes to building a stadium. There's got to be something. All
0: of it, right? Like, why would Taylor not get a lot of this? Con- we, you know, we're just going to become the Taylor Andrus uh, must build the new Bauer Stadium podcast.
1: Yeah, Let's rename I'll, it that. Yeah, I'll let Bobby know next time I <laughs> there, see him. There
0: you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and then the final thing I guess is. Um, the total construction cost that they put on it is right at about 45 million um i know there was the 60 million dollar bond that was re- that they recently just got and um if we're being honest i mean construction's probably going to go over that 45 million um and then there's also some room i would assume for s- some other improvements that they might want to put in video boards scoreboards other things at the stadium so Right now it doesn't look like all 60 million is going to it but there's definitely going to be they're definitely going to go over that amount it always goes that way and then there's probably going to be some other miscellaneous things that they can use some of that money for.
0: Well, and building prices, you know, they they're always fluctuating and stuff. So, okay, there's that. We've got that update. Then yesterday ESPN decided to offend me. And they offended me by re. By releasing the SP Plus from Bill Connolly, and look, I lot, I don't know Bill. I've not met Bill. I have no beef with Bill. I I, I love his work, I love what he does. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not saying Bill's wrong. I'm going to say his numbers are wrong on this, and not when it comes to the offense, right? Sam Houston was offensive SP Plus 119th. That that sounds about right after what we watched last season. Defense though, seventy-six. And what I'm curious with that number, they were placed seventy-sixth. And what I'm curious from you, Ben, is A, how wrong is that number? And B, is that number so high because after the season because of the conference how is this how does he even get to this SP plus stuff?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is just based on returning production. Um, I think that's because I think he's the guy that does that chart as well, the returning production on both sides of the ball. So defensively, honestly, I think that's probably fair. Maybe it's a little low. Um, I just think the biggest questions on the defensive side is how do you fully replace what Trevor Williams and Marquette Perry do? Um I think there's people that can do it, but until you see it done, I think that's a big question. And so um I think that's kind of where that ranking might come in is because you lose arguably your two best players. Um, so defensively, maybe a little low. I, I kind of agree with it. Offensively, I think we should be a little higher. If you look at the last month of last season, it's a team that averaged about 30-ish uh, points a game. Uh, Returned everybody but your quarterback, and I think you made a slight upgrade there. So I think you should maybe slot in around the 100 spot, but I don't have too big of an issue with where they're slotted right now.
0: Okay. So if you believe that the offense is – between 100 and 120. The defense is right around 75. That doesn't sound like bowl game potential to me going into next year.
1: See, I think it can, though, because if you look at where Sam Houston stands in Conference USA, they are fifth out of 10 teams. There's five teams below them. Um, So you got the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth place teams below them. So Theoretically, that's five games you should win, and then hopefully you can go one and four in conference play. I think they had Middle Tennessee, Kennesaw, UTEP, FIU, and one other below them. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, that's five wins right there. And then if you can grab one one other place, um, that, that should be six wins. And a lot of other leagues, it wouldn't get you six wins, but I think there's a path to it.
0: But when you look at the overall S&P Plus, they have Sam Houston ranked 108th. Uh, and by reference, UTEP is 126th. Uh, North Texas is 102nd, which, by the way, is really, really bad if you're UNT. Uh, Rice is 92. Texas State, 85. It goes on up. Texas is number four, right? Texas A&M is number 13. I, the ranking part, I, I can't say. I disagree with um but I also want to say, I think UTEP's underrated in this as well.
1: I think they could be. They did lose a lot. I think they lost their top two running backs, top two three receivers, lost Tyrese Knight, who was one of the top tacklers in the country. I think UTEP's probably a year away, but they're definitely building, I mean, especially through the high school class. So it's going to be fun to see what uh, uh, Scotty Walden does there in his first year.
0: It will be. And also, we're not done. With football, there's coaching news this week, and we, we they've almost filled out this coaching staff now. And uh, you put a list out this week. We'll, the new additions: Julian Wilson, defensive backs coach, coming over from Abilene Christian. Reggie Johnson, he's going to coach the linebackers. He was a co-defensive coordinator at Missouri State last year. These are two very young. Coaches and overall, Ben. We were talking before we we started this here that the coaching staff as a whole on defensive side got really young. It's to be expected. You you signed the youngest FBS coordinator, but here's what I want to talk about. They're they're really young. It's not such a bad thing, I don't think.
1: Yeah, it's really not. And I'll say, Julian Wilson is very young. Reggie Johnson's not too, too young, but you are right. The the staff as a whole is pretty young. And just kind of looking at the new additions, Reggie Johnson is a guy that's made a bunch of different stops at different places. Uh, he's coached at Purdue, coached at Western Kentucky, coached at Arkansas. Um, he was a Okoye's position coach who who played for the Texans for quite a while. Um, so he's got a lot of good experience. He was a co-DC last year. So maybe he's a guy that can kind of help Skyler Cassidy because he's got so much experience. And then uh, Julian Wilson, I mean, Another really young guy, kind of the trend, like we've talked about, um, was the corners coach at ACU, um, played, I think, three or four years at Oklahoma, was on the practice squad in the NFL for a few years, so played at a really high level, um, and has obviously risen up the ranks pretty quickly. So excited about these additions. I think they're going to be pretty good, and
0: uh, yeah, I like both of them. Uh, there is a huge connection here between Reggie Johnson and Skylar Cassidy. Skylar was at Missouri State before he went to Abilene Christian, and so that relationship, that tells me it was solid enough that when he got the FBS job, he brought him over, right? Like, that that says a lot to me about what his confidence in, in Reggie, and in Julian, bringing him over from Abilene with him after last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hadn't even thought about that connection between Cassidy and Johnson, and for a guy in Johnson that's coached at some pretty high-level FBS places to want to follow um, Cassidy and and continue that connection. I think that speaks a lot to who Cassidy is and um, just how much he's done even at a young age and what he's poised to do here going forward.
0: It certainly is. It's going to be fun to watch. And that ends the football segment. I want to take a moment to remind you that we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on the various social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads at March to the Pod. That's all one word. March the number two, the pod. We want to give a little special shout out to those watching on the Dave Campbell's YouTube page. Thank you for turning in or tuning in. And we also want to ask you if if you like the content that we have at Dave Campbell's We would ask that you subscribe, go to texasfootball.com backslash subscribe. There are multiple different packages ranging from, I believe, I'm going to have to look to get the exact amounts. I'm not going to lie to you over the air. I know they go up to $50 uh, because I have a subscription to Dave Campbell's. I get three magazines, the basketball, uh, the football in the summer, and I get the the, uh, recruiting magazine. At the end of or in December, as that recruiting magazine comes out, I get all three of them sent to me mailed through my, with my subscription plus everything on Texan Live. So definitely go over Dave Campbell, TexasFootball.com, backslash subscribe, and take a look at subscribing to some of us. Texan Live. That's another thing, Ben. Like, we don't talk about Texan Live enough. They show. High school games and, and the amount that Ashley Pickle and, and Mallory Hartley, the amount of teams they're pulling in, uh, there's it, a lot in Houston, right? We had a, a Texan Live. We we had a we had a, we had a, a following in Houston. We're starting to get that in Dallas, Fort Worth Metroplex too. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I feel like every game I want to go watch um, or am interested in at the high school level. It's there on Texan Live, which is super convenient. Um, And it's really cool to be able to watch high school games like you can watch any other college game. I mean, that's not something a lot of states have or even we've had in the past in Texas, which is um, obviously the best high school football in the country. So it's cool to be able to have that now.
0: And Texan Live is year-round. Got high school basketball. They've got the water polo. I'm telling you, they've got every every UIL state championship not named football. They have, including mariachi. Mariachi is a sport
1: and I would like to attend. I bet they got some good food. Oh,
0: dude, Pickle Pickle went to – I think she took Mallory with her last year or year before. Dude, it was fantastic. Like, they want to book a spot there every single year. So Texan Live has something for you all year round. We'd appreciate you taking a look at subscribing there. And also, we would appreciate if our friends over at Sam Houston would – as they're listening to this, write down the name Eternal Roofing and these these phone numbers, that I'm going to give you in just a minute. This gives you a chance to get your pen your paper set up while I tell you a little more about our friends over at Eternal Roofing. They don't just do roofing. Yeah, they can install it, repair it. They can do general contracting. When you're building a press box, you're going to need some paint, right? You're going to need some some gutters, maybe? You might, I don't know, maybe a garage door in the press, but probably not a garage door, but they could if you wanted there. The floors, do you need floors in a press box? They can do that. They can do your woodworking, your crown molding, your sheetrock. Honestly, Ben, they could do a whole lot of this this construction there at the new Bauer Stadium.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they're sending in, uh, I don't know if they're sending in RFQ, I don't know if that's the best way to to say it, but Maybe they're putting one in. We'll we'll see. March eleventh, that's the deadline. Come on, Taylor. We're rooting for
0: you. I might have to add, I might have sent Taylor a, a text and ask if he's looking <laughs> at that. We'll we'll do what we can to push. Okay, so if you're listening, you got that pen, you got that paper, write these numbers down. Hill Country Office, area code 830-251-5673. Montgomery office, area code 936-215-8539. If you want to go straight to Taylor, just email him. Taylor at com. I, I think we know who should – I know, I know, Ben, who should be doing the con- anything they can do. They should get the press box. That's just what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. We have – The first taste of real spring starts tomorrow. It's not spring yet. It feels a little bit like it outside. We got baseball. Baseball is back, and it's on ESPN Plus tomorrow night. Oklahoma State comes in. This week, they've got Oklahoma State, and then they're traveling to Rice on Tuesday. Tomorrow, Friday night, we're recording this on Thursday. So this gives you a heads up of what we're talking about here. Friday night, 6.30, is on ESPN+. Plus. So is Sunday at 1 o'clock. And boy, did we get a lot of information out of the press conference with Jay Sirianni. Um, I want to start, Ben, with the rotation. I, I want to go through those three guys that are, that are leading the rotation for the Cats this year.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think the first two weren't a big surprise. I think we all knew Colton Atkinson was going to be the ace of the staff and going to be the Friday night guy. Um, the way Marshall Wales pitched down the stretch last year uh, was just really incredible. He was nails really the entire back half of the year. But that third spot was kind of up in the air, and it, it looks like Miles Helen's has won that job. Um, he was primarily a reliever last year and did a pretty good job, especially there in the back half of the year. And so with him being the number three starter, some of the other guys that I thought could have been in contention, like a Gabby Coldiron, um, a Logan Hewitt, maybe a Michael Watson or Chandler David, um, they're all going to be in the bullpen, um, so the bullpen is full of cats, and um, it's going to be exciting to see what Helens does on Sunday, and uh, yeah, I got a lot of arms in the bullpen, and it, yeah, it's about go time. It's spring, and um, man, it feels good that baseball is
0: back. Bullpen is full of a lot of things, one of them being cats. Um. Okay, so here's my question for you, Ben. I'm going to put you on the spot, and this really isn't fair uh, to probably you or to any of the pitchers. But hey, I'm not here for fairness. I'm here to ask the questions that's going to get us a clip on the on social media here. So let let's let me ask you this, Ben. How, what is the percentage chance that Miles Helms is still the number three starter? at the conference term?
1: I would say that's very low. Um, not that it's not confidence in Helms. I think it's just the way a season goes. He could perform really well and get bumped up, and there could be an injury to or a guy not perform well above him. And then, like I said, there's three or four other guys that have started in the past that have done well, um, like a Michael Watson, like a Gabby Coldiron, like a Logan Hewitt that have done it before. So, the odds that your entire rotation stays the same throughout an entire season are extremely low. You could have asked me the same thing for Colton Atkinson remaining the Friday night starter, and I probably would have said the same thing. So, um, especially with him being a first time starter, the odds of him staying as the Sunday guy and staying in the rotation, um, like that are going to be low. But I mean, I think he's got the stuff to do it and we'll see.
0: Let's, let's be honest with ourselves for a second. There's not a lot of good arms in college baseball right you're limited each team how many good solid arms you can depend on right and we see that come conference tournament time when the games are 18 to 14 and you've got a guy that's pitched a third of an inning coming in in a a tie game right it's just what it is right it's college baseball there's only so many arms and also part of that's because there's only so many innings they don't play like major league baseball does with that said colton Atkinson, if he's your Friday night starter, typically you are putting your very best right there. So the only way I could see him maybe not being the Friday starter when it finishes would be an injury. Although, again, man, you never know, right? Guys are up and down. Guys, these are people. <laughs> They've got different things going on. Who knows how hard they worked in the offseason? We're about to find out. Right? Yeah. Like that, there's a lot that factors into I. Of this and I saw a thing this week, Ben, and and it it was very telling. It was from a coach. It said, "If your screen time is more than your practice time, don't talk to me about playing time." Uh, and it's the season when we find out how much practice time versus screen time you were doing.
1: Yeah, you sound like a coach there, Corey. I remember, I think happened through the football season, you gave a speech to the football team. I think that might have been your, your speech to the baseball team. I don't know if you remember that speech. I think it was to the O-line, but I think oh, the I, to the baseball Yeah, jersey. look,
0: I, I don't have time. We're, we're not at the point of a season yet where Corey needs to sit the baseball team down and have a little talk. We were there with the football team last year, right? Yeah. I, we're not there yet. We're not there with the baseball team. We're just start Right now we're good. But, listen, three, four weeks in, it, it could become time if we don't start off well here.
1: Yeah, and it's a schedule outside, I think you, I don't know the exact number, but I think it's like 12 of your first 13 at home, or 11 of your first 12 at home, and after Oklahoma State, your schedule is relatively light for the next couple weeks before things really pick up, so obviously a tough, a tough test this weekend with Oklahoma State, who is in the top 25 in some polls, but after that, things get a lot more manageable, um, especially in the midweeks and on the weekends, and stuff. yeah, I think after the first month, you should be in a pretty good spot when it comes to record-wise, and hopefully we don't need a come-to-Jesus meeting from Corey.
0: No, we don't want one of those. And you know what? I don't know that we would get this. listening to Sirianni, it just I, – I heard what you want to hear if you're looking for what's going to make a baseball team great uh, because baseball – you don't win all the time it's just, it's nearly impossible you don't see undefeated baseball teams go on for full seasons cuz there's so many things that go with it the key is over the course of a season how much better do you perform than the other team well the point in that is what makes the difference in in your wins and losses a lot of times walks errors base running mistakes see these are things that the players Control. So when I was hearing Sirianni talk about how our goal is to play our best baseball, to play mistake-free baseball, listen, if I'm a coach, all I can ask you to do is play mistake-free baseball. If you do that and it's not enough, okay. But that's that's all I can ask from you. It's a hard thing to do.
1: Yeah, and especially early in the season, I mean, there's going to be a lot of sloppy play. I mean, mean, spring training for the major leagues doesn't even look that great sometimes. And so I think the team that can be more disciplined, um, that can limit the errors, make the right base running decisions, make the right throws and the right cutoff is going to win a lot of games, especially early on. So avoiding those kind of dumb mistakes, making the right plays early on, I think is definitely going to be the difference between winning and losing.
0: You remember when I said we didn't have time for me to go just off topic? I
1: guess
0: we're doing it. Let's go. I lied. (laughs) Anyway, I am the coach of the Burt Burnett Little League Flying Squirrels. We are the reigning, defending Burt Burnett League champions in the senior division. Senior division. Okay. We, we don't mm-hmm. play
1: minors around here.
0: Oh, gosh, no. No, no. I, I ain't coaching no minors, right? Like, it's on a real baseball field, 90-foot bases, 60-foot mound. And let me tell you, it's the first time these kids that are coming up in seventh grade have played on a full-size field. The first practice is always uh, welcome to the show, fellas. This is how This is what we're dealing with now, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. You're not across the way over there on the little field with the softball fences. You got to play baseball now, right? So <laughs> it's fun. And we Hell had our yeah. draft uh, last week where we could go draft. And I got to tell you, man, uh, we 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 evaluated some talent. We got of my top four picks, we got three of them, man. This baseball team's I. I'm with you, Coach Sirianni. I understand, man. It, I think the Flying Squirrels are going to be pretty good, but all we can ask them to do is play is play mistake-free baseball every game.
1: Yeah, I mean, getting three out of your top four guys out of the portal, you almost have a great NIL collective going or something.
0: Oh no, it called! <laughs> it, it was literally a draft, right? Like they they swing the bat, they get six pitches out of the machine to pit to swing at. They ran to first base, then they got three grounders, three pop flies. They would – after they caught each one, they threw it to second base, and then the ones that wanted to pitch had a chance to pitch at the end. Like, it was very – but it's enough. That is enough to me to see whether you have – like, a little league, right? We're we're talking seventh and eighth graders here. (laughs) That's enough for me to go, okay – that's gonna be this is a guy that could be pretty good. Maybe he needs a tweak here. I can work with this, right? But Ben, I had a list of players that I put a void on. Not because they can't play, because of bad attitudes. Mm. Right? Seriously. Like I don't want if you there's what if if I put in one kid I wrote notes because I'm brutally honest about everything. I wrote a note on this one young man that said, got a lot of quit in him. <laughs> I don't Not need that. him. I don't need that, right? But here's the here's what really surprised me. After all this, we all all the coaches go up there and then we draft, and we got three of our top four, but we didn't have the first four, three of the top four draft picks, right? <laughs> so so it's cycling around the room, and we're still getting the guys that we wanted, and and uh, uh, you know that's I don't know I. I I can understand, though, about putting the team together. So, look, we're going to get baseball updates. You're going to get flying squirrels updates sometimes, too. You might get angry ones if we start losing a lot.
1: (laughs) I mean, I hope not. Well, we're going to ask for weekly
0: updates on this. That needs to be a segment or a leg. I also would like to say that last year was the first year that I have ever coached a team that won the league. Um it was also the first year I ever coached a team that won more than one game in a season. I, I kid you not.
1: That's a, big, that's a big upgrade.
0: I went from T-ball where we didn't keep score. I coached coach pitch where we didn't want to keep score because we were a bunch of I, – I told them to give me who they had left, and we were playing against travel ball teams. Wasn't really fair. And that no. was the way it was for me going up like – each level we win, I've always been I, – I love the rec ball, right? Like, I want those rec players that just want to come out. We're going to have fun. We're going to play the game. We're going to high five. We're going to get ice cream and cokes, and we're going to go home, right? Like, dude, we're going to enjoy the heck out of baseball. Baseball's a fun game. Let's have fun. Last year is the first year. and I, This is another thing, Ben. That's an indictment of our society now. Now I'm indicting the whole society. Uh, last year is the first year since T-ball that I did not coach a team that played against travel ball teams. And that first season, I went eight and two. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I mean, honestly, it just all I can ask is to play the best. So when I say that, man, I've lived. The losses.
1: (laughs) Well, hopefully we don't have to live through a lot of losses this year when it comes to Bearcat baseball.
0: (laughs) And that's why that draft is so important to the Flying Squirrels last week. Had nothing to do with Sam Houston. Yet, here we are. Let's get back into Sam Houston a little bit. We have Chandler David. You mentioned him in the bullpen. The bullpen is fire. and He's on the stopper of the year watch list. Right. You have uh, did you mention the fresh the freshman, Jace Martinez and Blake Brown that they're expected to play infield?
1: Yeah, not yet. I, I know we've talked a little bit about Jace Martinez. He was on the perfect game, uh, preseason all conference team. Uh, I think he's gonna play short. Um, but yeah, Jace Sirianni confirmed that Jace Martinez and Blake Brown are gonna see a lot of time on the infield and I think I've got the entire uh lineup kind of I don't know what the order would look like, but kind of what the starter's gonna look like and this isn't confirmed, but just putting all the pieces together, we're going to run through it here. So, um, catcher, Walker Yannick. I think Hunter Autry is probably good, going to be your first baseman. I think – or I know Easton Boyd's going to be your second baseman. And then I think it's going to be Jace Martinez and Blake Brown on the left side of the infield, the two freshmen. Like Jerry Sirianni said, we're going to see a lot of them on the infield. And then in the outfield, I think it's going to be Lane Brewster, um, Jeffrey David, the New Mexico transfer. And Malachi Lot, the Houston transfer, and I think at DH you'll probably see Jake Tatum. Um, so that's my projected opening day lineup. Oh, right I there. have
0: an experiment for you. Okay. I want you to take that and put it into what you expect the batting order to be, and mm. it's gonna have to be up tonight. It's got to be up before that game.
1: I'll I'll text it to you.
0: I want to. I think you should put that out. I think we should all go to Sports of SHSU and see your projected lineup and how close that is to what actually gets put out by Coach Sirianni.
1: Yeah, I might have to do that tomorrow morning. I, don't, I know basketball and softball play tonight, so we'll be That's looking true. at that. But, yeah, tomorrow morning I'll put something out. We'll, we'll see how close I can get it.
0: I would like to see that because that will be something that will be fun to talk <laughs> about uh, next week. Uh, it sounds also like uh, Malachi Lot. he's a transfer, uh, that he will play both hitting and pitching. Uh, for, for the Cats this year.
1: Yeah, and that's what he did at Houston the last two years. Last year he hit over 300, um, and I think threw about 25 innings on the mound. Didn't have a great year on the mound, was better in his first year, but, yeah, the Bats got some real potential, hit over 300. Shows some good, good things there, and it sounds like we'll see him um, both ways, at least to start the season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is that right?
1: <laughs> yes. Well,
0: Walter Yannick. <laughs> Walter Yannick. Was also earned another preseason honor this week with the Conference USA Preseason Player of the Year given by D1 Baseball, which tells me D1 Baseball knows far more than the Conference USA knows about Walker Yannick.
1: Yes. I'm glad to see him get the the love he deserved. Yeah. I think he was, I think they said he was like the position player of the year and then they had pitcher of the year or something like that. So um, D1 Baseball knows baseball and it obviously shows with them taking the best player in the conference to be preseason player of the year.
0: Okay. So the next question is how long till we see the preseason player of the year, according to D1 Baseball, getting some cat funds merchandise for those that, that have a subscription or, you know, that they get a monthly, they contribute monthly, I should say, that contribute monthly. How long until Walker's got something in there that could, could end up in some hands of some people?
1: Yeah, we might have something here soon, Uh, still working through all the baseball stuff as the season comes along. But we've done some autograph giveaways with football and basketball. Um, So, yeah, I would expect the same thing with baseball and maybe not just Walker, possibly some more guys, too. So um, definitely something to look out for um, in the future.
0: It's also important to let them know that, you know, baseball, there's a few there's some cats in the pros. Right now, and I I know that uh, like Colton Cowser and stuff, he's he's been really really generous with you guys.
1: Yeah, we we've got some uh, we've actually got a lot of Colton Cowser signed baseball cards, and we've given away one or two, which is cool. And yeah, speaking of baseball and just cats in the pros, I mean obviously Colton Cowser got Hayden Wesneski with the Cubs. You've got Ryan O'Hearn also with the Royals. Ryan Tapera has floated around. Uh, a bunch of different teams recently. You've got Bryce Johnson with the Giants. And so you've got a handful of guys that could be on major league rosters this year coming from San Houston.
0: That is awesome. So tell people how they can contribute to the Cat Fund and possibly get some of this signed merch.
1: Yeah, cat-fund.com is the place to go. Uh, membership starting as little as $10 a month. Um yeah, just sign up at cat-fund.com. Super easy. You can see everything you get at each membership level. Um, Not only $10 a month, but if you want to give a little more, you can. Uh, the more you give, the more perks you get. So um definitely sign up today and support the cats.
0: Oh, yeah, you want to do that. And it's the cat funds intended for those who aren't putting the money in to build press boxes.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. And, I mean, speaking of uh, press boxes and that kind of stuff, I know also in the regents meeting there was – um a donation from a couple that gave a hundred thousand dollars to athletics construction. So that's cool also. So I forget their names. I, I feel bad. But shout out to them for, for doing that for us.
0: <laughs> well no, that that's great. And I have one more question. Does the dugout uh in baseball does it need any roof work?
1: Oh I don't know if the dugout does, but I think they could use some some turf work. They still got the the old logo out there. Um, in the baseball field, out there in center field, I think it's the one the one spot out of all facilities that still has the old logo. So, if Taylor can do some turf work, some some uh, some gardening, some landscaping, they might be the people to go to. That bothers me, man.
0: It's just it it's
1: huge me. and it's so visible. It takes up uh, four hundred square feet out in center field.
0: Look, have your logo, but if you're going to change the logo, have the money to change it. Yeah. Right? Like, you've got to. It's not right. You are hurting yourself. You're making your branding and your university look bad when you do that. It just does. When you tune in on ESPN on Friday night and watch, you're going to be like, "Why they got that logo still.
1: Right? Especially, I mean, if it was the first year, maybe okay, but we're three, four years into it now. So, let's fully transition. I think that's the last one left that I know of. It's got the old logo anywhere. So. Let's get the new one in there.
0: Yeah, you know, baseball only gets 11.7 scholarships, and then they don't even get a new logo.
1: No, I mean, I, they might have the nicest facilities out of in school on campus. So I mean, that batting cage, hitting facility, stadium in general is really nice, but let, let, let's come full circle and get that logo done. <laughs>
0: I agree. And also, if there is any roofing repair or any general contracting repair, let's get a hold of our friends at Eternal Roofing and a Bearcat alum, if you haven't figured it out from this episode, Taylor Andrus. Give them a call. And, and I just want to say here, I, I've told you what they do throughout the show, roofs, general contracting, we know all that. But that doesn't that doesn't give you what you need to know. You're a visual person. Go to EternalRoofingTX.com. Go look at the gallery. Look around and see. You're going to see that they do incredible work, and they update that gallery quite often, Uh, and you're going to find some fantastic things in there. And and know that what they do is high-quality stuff with certain teed shingles. Those shingles look the best. They really do, and they last forever. They can even do commercial roofing, which is great for press boxes. Right. They can accommodate an HVAC system, any other roof equipment, get minimal disruptions during the repair or installation. Give them a call. Give them an email today. Montgomery office is area code nine three six two one five eight five three nine, Hill Country, area code eight three zero two five one five six seven three, And you can email taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. Okay, Ben. We got a lot of information in this third leg to get to here, man. Rapid fire, starting with men's basketball. They're currently tied atop the Conference USA standings. They are hosting FIU on Thursday night. Again, this won't be released until Friday, so that game's over. And we're we're going to go ahead and say that's a win that they beat FIU because, man, they owe them one from that game in uh, in Miami.
1: Yeah, they and it's definitely a game you should win. I mean, you were up, I think, 14 in the second half, and you just completely ran out of gas. It was the second game in 40 hours on a really difficult road trip, and uh, FIU team that's really been struggling. So definitely is a game that you should win. I think they're favored by seven and a half tonight. So hopefully a double-digit victory, and you can at least hang on to a tie at the top of conference uh, savings.
0: And then Saturday, Liberty comes in to visit. That is a big, big, big one. But let me tell you something, Ben. More important than who's visiting is who's returning, and that's Jaden Ray. And that this Cats team, I have a feeling he is happy to return. I know they're happy he's back, and that's really going to be a boost to on uh, Thursday and on Saturday.
1: Yeah, he came back against Jacksonville State, but he didn't play a ton. I think he had only been at practice for one or two days, so it was still really getting into the swing of things. But I think starting tonight against FIU, you're going to see him – um fully back in the fold, probably back in the starting lineup or with a much more increased role. So really good to have Jaden back, and especially for the Liberty game. I know we talked uh a couple of weeks ago with that game. It's a very guard-heavy game with them throwing pretty much four almost true point guards out there at once. And so glad to have him back, and he's back at a really good time.
0: He is. You need that ball handler, especially when you're playing – a team that, like, the Flames are going to bring in women's basketball, currently last in Conference USA. They lost at home earlier today to Florida International. They are on the road to Liberty Saturday. Ben, what has been uh, the biggest issue facing the the Cats women's team this year?
1: Yeah, I think death has been one, injuries, some people that have left the team um, that have hurt, but I think also, the biggest thing is they just haven't been able to finish games. Uh, Jacksonville State last week, I think you were up by 12 going to the fourth quarter. You lose by two. I think three of the first four games were all decided within three to five points, um, just weren't able to close it out. So, I mean, you're a couple plays away from having four or five conference wins, but obviously it hasn't gone that way because you haven't been able to close out games. So um Hopefully they can kind of reverse that trend here down the back half of uh, conference play, but we'll see. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough go the last couple of weeks and the last couple of months.
0: Okay, so do you prefer the four quarters in the women's basketball rules, or do you prefer the men's two halves in their basketball rules?
1: I would have to say two halves. I think it's just what we're used to when it comes to the college game, when it comes to fouls, how many fouls before you get the bonus, what media timeouts look like. I think it's just what we're all accustomed to. Um, I don't think there's a problem with going to four quarters, but um, I do like having the two halves, and I think it speeds up the game also. You only have pretty much one timeout between quarters or halves, um, where in the women's game or a four-quarter game, you've got a timeout after the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. Um, so I think it helps speed the game up a little bit also.
0: Believe it or not I think it's the exact same amount of timeouts especially after you start considering all the other rules they have to put media timeouts in like the first timeout of the second half is a media timeout regardless if it's a team timeout and those the timeout rules have changed so much that I, I stopped even trying to care about how many of them they get so I don't worry about that part right like And I think as fans, we can adjust. We've adjusted well to the women's side, and the women have really – here's what I would like. Maybe a combination. I do like having the quarters, but what I really, really want in the men's game is advancing the ball on timeouts with under two minutes to play.
1: Yes, I absolutely agree with that. I think it – I don't know. It creates a lot more interesting late game situations too. You're not just having to heave the ball up with two seconds left. You can inbound it from half court or um, just in front of or behind half court. It creates a lot more interesting situations instead of having to chuck it 80 feet and hope. Hopefully someone catches it and shoots it.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if you've got point one second, point three, right? All you can do is tip it. Uh, you're gonna throw it the length of the court to tip it in. Stop it. Let's make it at least competitive there. Uh, that's my my view. We'll get in more of that, I'm sure, at some other uh, some other time. Now that Ben knows that's one of my pet peeves with men's basketball, I'm sure it'll come up at some point. It'll probably come
1: up tonight or against Liberty, most likely. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I, I just every time it's late in the game and a team doesn't get to advance it in the men's game, I it just drives me insane. Yeah. It, it's the most ridiculous rule. Softball, zero two had three games canceled at the Bearcat Classic last week. There was a lot of weather that came through a lot of different places. Uh, Some got snow, some got ice, some got rain and thunderstorms. I think that's what Huntsville received more of.
1: Yeah, a lot of rain. A A lot lot of of rain. rain.
0: Washed it out. But what they did do was they set uh, the game that they were supposed to play, Stephen F. Austin, on Sunday – they rescheduled that to a doubleheader at SFA on February 20th. So in this next week, this weekend, softball's at the Texas State tournament. Uh, they they are playing the Bobcats. Then they play Texas Tech Friday, Northern Colorado Saturday, Tulsa Sunday, and then Tuesday a doubleheader. I don't know that we learned a whole lot. It was 0-2. One of the games went to extra innings before it got out got away from them a little bit. How much more will we know about the the Cats after this week's tournament?
1: I think you're going to see a lot more. Um, not a, really a ton of takeaways from from this last week, but um, I think if there's one takeaway, it's that Abigail Young, I think, could be really, really good in the circle for you. Didn't see Darren Graham. She wasn't one of the two starting pitchers. Um, this weekend, but Abigail Young, I mean, she threw, I think it was seven innings, uh, three-run ball against Wichita State, who's pre- pre- predicted to win the AAC and uh, has some top 25 votes, so for the freshman's first-ever performance at the college level, she looked really good. I, th- I thought it was a game you should have won. I mean, I think you had more hits uh through the first seven innings. You left a lot of people on base, so um really good showing in the first game, a little bit of disappointment in the second game, so Still a lot to learn about this team and still haven't seen Darren Graham's pitch yet this year.
0: Well, uh, when will we, though?
1: I would expect her to pitch at some point this this coming week. I mean, what is that, three games this weekend, two against SFA? Um, It's probably going to be a lot of Abigail Young and uh, Darren Graham's this weekend, I would expect.
0: There's six games here. And also, Ben, I, good Lord, I ain't got time to get on a soapbox today. We'll have to come back to the softball soapbox. Uh, but I don't understand why coaches are pretending that softball pitchers can't pitch every game. I used to watch Lisa Fernandez throw two games, no hit, back-to-back. I get it's tiring. I, maybe you want two pitchers, but good Lord, you don't need a whole staff.
1: Yeah, and I think we only have four or five for this year, and it makes sense for a doubleheader. I mean, I don't expect you to throw two games back-to-back within four or five hours of each other. But, yeah, I would expect probably two, maybe at most three starters going uh, the rest of the way.
0: Oh, what I love about softball doubleheaders is they finish one, 30 minutes later you're playing again.
1: Yep. Right? So,
0: yeah, it's a lot, right? Like, I get that. But you you, seriously – if you're not using your best pitcher every, it, they can pitch every day, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not pitching them every day or or as often as possible, what are we doing, right? Like you're not put, you're not actually giving your team the best chance to win. That's my opinion. That we'll get into more later. But we got to end this episode on some really positive news, and that's with the golf team bringing home some hardware last weekend, Ben.
1: Yeah, I think it finished up on, what was it, Tuesday of this week. And so the spring season getting started on a really good note, winning the Bentwater Intercollegiate um, in Montgomery. So not too far from Huntsville. First place out of 13 teams, um, beating SFA, beating Western Kentucky. So good to be the conference team and one of your rivals. And uh, Josh German winning the individual title. So also bringing home some hardware there. And uh, they're back in action this next week um, in Laredo. Uh, with the event hosted by U of H. That's kind of interesting that it's in Laredo, but it's hosted by U of H. Um, But they're back at it next week, and so a really good team that has had a lot of success over the last few years and look forward to keep it going here soon.
0: Who did you want to host, Texas A&M International? (laughs) I don't know. They're there. They're in Laredo. I mean,
1: there's got to be some other closer school to Laredo (laughs) than Houston, right?
0: Texas A&M International is in Laredo. (laughs) Come on. Let's see what they got. I know they're D2, but whatever.
1: I mean, you compete with some D2s out there in some of these tournaments when it comes to golf. It's not all D1. I mean, why not?
0: Some of these D2 golfers, it's golf, right? Like, to me, it's like tennis. If you can play, you can play. Yeah. Right? Like. Yeah. (laughs) Ball don't lie. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, When it's an individual sport. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah, You're the factor Right <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's on you. That is right Well Ben this was a lot of fun Unfortunately I did get off the rails shortly But we're still getting it done pretty quick Today thankfully So I want to thank you for putting up with my shenanigans Once again And we want to say thank you to everyone Who's listening and watching us on the Dave Campbell's YouTube page Thank you so much Without you, none of this is possible. Please tell everyone, let's share, let's grow this program, let's get the word out. Until next time, Ben, take us out with what's going to be just a fantastic weekend for the Cats.
1: Big weekend. Get out to Huntsville for at least one game.
0: Only one game?
1: At least.